0: everyone and welcome to episode 41 of the impact code podcast thank you so much for being part of the community uh, for those of you who are uh, subscribers already thank you for subscribing if you are listening to this and you haven't subscribed yet we'd encourage you to subscribe to be a part of the community and part of the impact code journey um, i'm thrilled today to introduce episode 41 to you Uh, We have a rock star in our midst today and I'm sure you'll learn an incredible amount from her. It's Esther Mukumbo, she's a working professional, who's a senior associate and sits on two boards. Uh, She will tell us a little bit about uh, some of her passions and no doubt you will glean a lot of the knowledge uh, from her and uh, be inspired by the journey that she's taken. Esther, good morning to you on this wonderful Saturday morning. How are you doing today?
1: morning, Tafadza. I'm good, thanks, and you?
0: I'm very, very well, thanks, and thanks so much for being part of the Impact Code journey, and I'm excited to chat to you today, and we always start at the beginning, um, you know, in terms of getting to know you a little bit, so why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself in terms of where you were born and where you grew up?
1: So, well, I'm from the East Rand, so I'm a Jova girl I'm in the East, uh, Brackpen. And I know some, some of your listeners might know where that is. It's close to Springs, a very Afrikaans area. So uh, yeah, I, I understand a little bit of Afrikaans because I grew up in that area. Mm. But I literally come from a working class family. You know, my mom was a teacher, my dad then um, used to work as a mechanical engineer, then he left. Uh, to start a tracking business. So then they went into tracking business, and I'm the eldest of four kids.
0: Awesome, no It's, it's great to to get to know you. I I can also speak a little bit of Africa. <laughs> not much. Um, I can understand a little bit. I can speak even less, but yeah, <laughs> it's good to know. Um, I, I'm aware from having you know followed you on social media for some time. You you know love traveling. Um, you know, tell me about a favorite trip uh, in recent memory, and maybe recent. I must expand recent to more than more than just say a year or two because of COVID and everything. But probably say in the last five years or so, what's your favorite trip in recent memory?
1: So it's my recent trip to Mozambique in April awesome uh, it was for work obviously but um, you know i got to sightsee see a little bit of mozambique and you know you just see people how vibrant the place is there's a whole lot of uh, construction going on mm. so i was i stayed close to the beach uh, molatello i think a place called Molotelo, where there's a lot of construction so literally the u.s embassy is setting up shop there and you know with the gas find there. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of activities happening so the hustle and bustle I love traveling Uh, for me traveling opens up a new world um, things that you never thought of Uh, a person that travels gets to see so many opportunities and gets to think a bit differently so I I absolutely love traveling and Mozambique for me uh, is is definitely a highlight
0: yeah it's on my bucket list actually I've never been to Mozambique I I'd love to. I'd love to visit, and I think, as you're describing it, you know, the the urge and the desire to go kept going up and up. <laughs> so I, I really, yeah, it's it's a place which I'd love to visit, and I encourage anyone who is listening to this to 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 visit and you know let us know how it is. I I guess we could dive into the to the serious stuff. You know, yeah. um, I us to talk about you know mastering personal finance, and I know this is something that you are passionate about, um, yeah. and something that you actively you know, looking into. Um, so let's let start. You know, right from the right, right from the very top. You know, tell me a little bit about the birth um, of that particular passion in personal finance, and uh, perhaps a little bit about how that you know fed into the birth of Malkia Invest as well.
1: Hmm. So I, I think it comes from a um, lack, financial lack. How uh, not? It's not anything fancy. It literally comes from financial lack. You know, I saw my parents' business fail. Um, uh, the tracking business failed and I was in my final year of varsity and as a, when I started working I also experienced financial lack because I was trying to be everything to everyone financially and I could see the pattern you know from my grandmother who sold vegetables to my dad's business failing and ultimately to me um, being this working professional yet I couldn't survive till month-end. Um, I was always running out of money before month end. And it was this awakening to realize that there's a pattern here. And if I don't stop the pattern, uh, there's gonna be a perpetual cycle. And I think for me, it it was realizing that, wait a minute, I am earning uh, a little bit better than the average South African. Mm -hmm. And I can better manage my money financially a bit better than I was doing. So it was this, starting this journey of educating myself, investing in my own personal knowledge about managing money. Because you you, you wake up one day and um, <laughs> you, you're earning an income and all of a sudden you're expected to know what to do with money. And it's not as simple as that, you know, you get, I, I always envy people that have parents that have shops or, or businesses that work in those entities and get to learn how to manage their finances early on. But I was one of those unfortunate few that was thrust into this world of working and all of a sudden I needed to know how to manage my money. And I think it was realizing that I need to be intentional. I need to know, you know, and personal financing campuses, you know, um, budgeting. So earning, from earning an income to budgeting, how do you use that income that you're earning? How do you then make sure that, you know, you're learning how to manage your credit score? Because ultimately, you need to buy a car. You want to buy assets. You want to have access to assets. And sometimes your income is not enough to buy those assets. You want, you need them in certain instances. If your career needs you to tra- to travel, you need a car. So mm-hmm. it's about managing your credit scores, um, knowing how to save and invest a portion, you know, for the future. So it's about surviving now and surviving for the future. How do you balance the two? Mm-hmm. And that for me is what personal finances and protection. So yes, I'm working now, but what does it mean when I'm no longer working? How will I survive if I'm retrenched? And you've seen COVID has shown us that. How will you survive without an income? So I think it's having those discussions and have being frank and real and practical with what you have. So I, I think that took me on a journey and I think, you know, it's led me to where I am. But ultimately it also feed, feeds into Markia. You mentioned Markia Invest. I was working in a bank and I was seeing all these o- economic opportunities. Yeah. And what struck me is, you know, whenever I'd go to businesses or business side visits, um, you'd get all these workers, but there would be none of them at, at shareholder level that would mm-hmm. be known at at board level. And it got me thinking to say, you know, how can we, how can women, specifically women, because I'm passionate about women, how can women uh, participate in the economy? Yeah. And, and and the factor that comes in is that a lot don't have what we call contribution. So you know when you if you're in a business, mm-hmm. you want to own shareholding, you need a little bit of your own contribution. Mm-hmm. And the contribution usually is, you know, if it's a big business, it's a large amount and women don't have access to capital especially black women similar people that have grown up in an environment that i am they're usually the first in their family to have good jobs yeah. so they forgot that that thing of black tax they're not only surviving but they're also you know pay, uh, paying it backwards to their parents to their immediate families as well as trying to grow families and Malkia was born out of three, three co-founders uh, who, who were friends, were friends, and we all worked at the bank. And we decided, you know what, we want economic participation. How can we do it? And we decided, you know what, let's start with 2,000 rand each. Each person, let's invite our friends and let's start contributing 2,000 rand each. And that was in 2016. And, you know, from 2016 to now, having raised over a million rands, Mm. that for me from 2,000 rand, from contributing 2,000 rand each for me speaks volumes because now we're no longer coming to businesses with begging balls. We're coming with saying we've got the knowledge, we've got the skills, We're working professionals in different industries so we have insights into different industries and we've got our own contributions so we're just not coming without anything we're coming with something and i think that's where markia then was formed
0: yeah yeah it's quite a it's quite a lot of profound thoughts and i think a real appreciation of of your journey Um, Mm and in terms where you've come from and and, and where you are, and you know, I'm looking forward to to digging into a little bit about that, you know, in, in the questions and the discussions that we have to come. And I guess to ask, you know, a mm-hmm. direct question: um, What what does mastering your personal finance actually entail? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the nuts and bolts of it. What does it actually mean? You know, for somebody who maybe. Um, you know, it's maybe just got their first pay pay packet or pay slip, um, and they hear this sort of buzzword or buzz phrase. what does mastering your personal finance actually entail for people?
1: Hmm. I think we have to bring it into uh, into the context. Yes. Yeah. So- I I like to listen to a lot of the American financial people personal finance people talk about you know mm-hmm. you need to live below your means you need to you need to um, you know budgeting the 70 30 you know 70 50 30 20 rule and I'm always struck to the context in which we operate you know um, when you live in Africa there is various things i mean let's give an example right now S-com. No one could have foreseen the current load shedding we're going through. Yeah. Now, that's an added cost for, for a, a typical household to now try and overcome. So, you know, you're yeah. getting more, your inverters, you're having to get this. So that uh, sphere of how things should work sometimes no longer apply. So it's about, for me, practically balancing your current financial needs whilst trying to build for your future. So it's yeah. that it's almost that balancing act of saying, how can I live now, right, in a financially responsible way? How can I budget? Where is yeah. my money going? So being intentional, understanding where is my money going, mm. uh, is there ways I can cut? Because sometimes there is, Um, there's certain things that you can cut and typical things that people usually mention on my timeline is, you know, takeaways, entertainment, those usually in in tough times go first. Mm -hmm. Is there things I can cut? Am I being intentional with my money? So you ask yourself, in a year, I I managed to earn so much. Of this, how much did I actually save and invest for my future? How much did I use? Because I needed to survive, right? Mm -hmm. Which is very important. But how much did I actually put away? Because when times are good, you want to be putting something away. You want to be saving, and you know people usually talk of three to six months of your monthly expenses. That's what you're working towards. And I started this 350 rand savings challenge because people struggle to put something away. Yeah. So I I said, okay, let's let's build financial habits. Let's start putting away 350 rand a week if you can. If you can't, per month, 350 uh, rand a week or a month. And it's building these habits that ultimately will allow you to live financially well. When something unforeseen happens,
0: yeah.
1: are you able to go into a, an emergency fund? You know, Do you have a fund that you're building that if an emergency happens, you can easily tap into? You don't need to run to the bank. You don't need to run to your friends. Mm-hmm. But you've built up that buffer for yourself. When financially tough times hit, you're then able to access and then even further than that, right? Because savings has to do with between zero to 24 months. Beyond 24 months, do you have something that you can you can survive financially? And that's where investing comes. And it's, it's having that holistic view to say, manage what you have now, but also put something away for the future. Because ultimately, there's a future waiting for you. <laughs> there's a future self waiting for you. And that future self will not be happy when you get there and you've got no money.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think those are some, some wise some wise words, I think really apt, you know, to 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 anybody in terms of whatever stages of life they're in. I think it's it's about creating for that future because that future is coming, as you've said. It is. It is. And, yes. and and you mentioned, you know, some of the, the challenges that we have currently in South Africa. Um yes. you know and, and you know, one of them is among you know reliable electricity supply. Um, another is, you know, the rising fuel prices. Another is the, you know, the the rising, you know, cost of living at the moment. I guess, what would be your advice to people um, in the current climate, um, in that particular context? You know, how how should they respond to to that? In your view?
1: Mm. You know, it's it's very hard to give a blanket statement because everyone's situations are very different. But I'll try. Um, I, I think things that I think most, almost everyone can do is start looking at, you know, I gave this practical examples. If you drive into work every day, um, you know, some people are lucky to be working from home, but others not so much because petrol has gone up. Can you do lift clubs? Can you club together with co-workers maybe that live in the area or live close mm-hmm. to you that you can share that cost, right? The more you're able to share costs, the better, right? So that's the first step, transport, the biggest expenses, transport, rent, rent or mortgage, where you live. Are you able to share? Some people are not. Are you a, in a position to share? I know if you've got a family, it's it's, it's a bit harder. Yeah. Um, if you've got a mortgage or a home loan, even you know you, there's there's nothing you can do because you owe the bank, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but if you're able to rent, it's it's a bit you know the discussion becomes a bit better. Can you can you share some of yeah. those costs? Medical expenses. Uh, you know, people have savings in those uh, medical medical savings, and you know, whenever you get sick, you go to the doctor. Now, Dischem has introduced something where you can do online consultations. So it's not yeah. as much as you would pay going to see a, di- a doctor directly. You do online consultations if that's possible. Is that one of the ways?
0: Yeah. Medicine.
1: Yeah. Can you get generic medicine, which sometimes works out cheaper than um, your your, your original medicine? Can you get uh, generics, which are usually cheaper? Can you ask your pharmacy to give you generics? Mm. Um, Transport costs, uh, food, food is a big expense. Can you buy no-name brands? Because sometimes they work out cheaper. Look out for, for, for specials. You know, you now have to become a bit more in tune in terms of where you're buying, when you're buying. Um, that becomes a key focus. What you're buying. Can I buy in, in bulk if that's if it's possible? Can I buy generic brands that no-name brands that usually are cheaper? Can I look for specials? Now shopping becomes about looking out for specials, and which is now becomes very important. So finding clever ways of managing your money in terms of your budget becomes very key.
0: Yeah, you're quite right. I think I think it, it really is um, you know something that does need to be you know, taken on a case by case, one, but two, I think there are obviously ways, you know, in each of our lives that we can, you know, to look to make those marginal gains, which do pay off over time in particular. Um, and I guess I want to shift gears slightly. Um, and I want to understand, you know, are there any life lessons to be drawn um, out of your career of investing? Are there any life lessons to be drawn out of that?
1: Mm. I, I think for me, it's, it's several, hey. There's no quick wins. There's no quick uh, unless you win the lottery. There's no quick gains. Uh, it's it's gradual. It yeah. requires planning. You know, having uh, being financially well, right? Um, mm. You know, managing your money in such a way that you're financially well, you're able to meet your your needs, your financial needs as and when they fall, um, when they come around, right? Mm. Requires its intention. And requires effort and planning. It just doesn't happen. It requires you to be actively involved in that process. And I think a lot of people don't sometimes get overwhelmed and don't want to you know think about it, but I think it requires intention. and And it's this idea that you know setting yourself up financially requires effort.
0: yeah,
1: and invest over a period of time. Um, I I always give this example, you know, if if we started when kids were born, right, of investing a little portion of of your income towards your kid's future, you would find even if it's 200 rand, or even if it's 500 rand, when your kids turn 18, they'll be better off financially than than you would have been better than ours. I mean, when I started working, there was so much that was required of me, but your kids can be in a better position. and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be uh, have all these fancy products. You can be simple exchange-traded funds. Buy it, buy one, etc. So fourteen, keep mm. putting two fifteen there. Over time, it will grow. Money compounds. It's this idea that money compounds over time.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, it will grow uh, over time. You'll be surprised at how far you can grow just by being consistent. Consistent in the long run helps a lot. I think for me, those are the key things that I, I've learned on my journey.
0: Yeah, and, and those are so translatable to to life, to careers, to, you know, to families, to, you know, to anything, I think, and to friendships, to anything that, you know, people can can translate some of those lessons. I love what you said about, you know, no quick wins, you know, it has to take, it takes time and anything of substantial value does take time to grow. And, mm-hmm. and speaking of, of financial wellness, um, in South Africa, how, how do we, how can we um, empower women to learn about investing and to create wealth? How, how can we do that? And I know that's something that you do do, um, mm. but how can we, how can we further, further do that?
1: Mm. I think give women opportunities, right? Mm. We know women are underpaid. We take time out to give birth. In my instance, when I took time to give birth, you get penalized for taking uh, time to have, to give birth.
0: Mm. Give
1: women opportunities, not only economic, but financial opportunities, Mm. right? It starts there. If you're able to get an income, if you're able to uh, grow something through someone giving you an opportunity, please, uh, that's the first step. The second step is just having these conversations. And I love having these conversations with my friends in Mm. your immediate circle of influence, my family my friends, and even sharing on social media. But if I can make an impact with those around me, yeah. and if more, I think financial companies, not only celebrated women in August, but throughout the year and say, how can we be intentional about empowering women with knowledge of how to invest? Because sometimes uh, women are, you know, that they take care of the household, they take it. Naturally, we're altruistic. We want to take care of everyone but ourselves. So by the time you do everything for the house, sometimes there is not enough money to invest. So if women are better paid, given those opportunities, I think it, it can go a long way. I like to quote Beyonce who says, pay me in equity. Give us equity. Mm-hmm. If you have employment, you're high up there, give other women opportunities. Give, if you're able to get share incentives as a woman in your job, please, by all means, let those companies do that. And by empowering women, not only with income, but with knowledge, I think we can create such a formidable force because women not only don't only take care of themselves, but those around. And we need more women knowing about, you know, how to invest money because women are naturally good at managing money. Hey, Um, they can make a budget last out of nothing. So our, our original position is to be good with money. It's just that we haven't had enough of it for us to go out and seek other opportunities besides, uh, you know, taking care of the household. Mm-hmm. I know women that are part of Stockfields uh, that are doing amazing things, um, you know, starting businesses through Stockfields by contributing um, and then sharing those. Then they're able to get loans from yeah. from Stockfields to start small businesses. So I think giving giving women opportunities is the first start. Economic opportunities.
0: Yeah, no, I love that and uh, love the the quote around you know giving or paying in equity. I think it's it's it's, it's quite it's quite a profound shift in, in mindset, and, and something that we need to do not only in August, as you as you said it. I think it's it's quite profound and, and thank you for for sharing that. Um, Esther, as a final question, how would you say you make an impact in your world?
1: Mm. It starts with your immediate circle, hey? Mm. Um, if you want to change the world, start at home.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it.
1: So I, I always say, you know, I'm sharing knowledge with my siblings. Once I knew, you know, how to manage, budget, save, once I started practicing some of these things I talk about, yeah. right, I then started having those conversations with my immediate family, my siblings. Mm. I've got two sisters. I've got a brother. I then started sharing that with them and saying, guys, I found this way of managing money. Can we do it better? This is how it's always been done before. We are the new generation. Can we do things a little bit better? And um, from there, you know, my sisters, we we formed a a siblings fund where, you know, if there's a family need, we're no longer, you know, running around trying to find money. We contribute 500 rand each every month. And whenever there's a financial need, we then, you know, use that family siblings fund. That's one of the practical ways. My siblings are investing, right? Uh, My mom, my mom is in her 50s. And I got her into investing. And now every other month, I mean, she, I opened the account for her. She has all the details to log in. But mm-hmm. once in a while, she will call me every month and let's say, beginning of the new month to say, how are my investments doing? Give me a statement. <laughs> you know? And that, that for me has been such a great thing because my mother is now interested in investing. And we obviously talk about high-level things. You know, What are the things that you need to look at? And imparting that knowledge and seeing my mother, who's over, 50 Mm -hmm. investing and you know being interested in markets for me has been such a blessing to me Uh, my friends speaking to my friends uh, speaking to those close to me if I meet someone you know on the train I know I'm probably one of those annoying people that will talk about investing and ask you hey are you investing are you saving you know how can we think about money differently Mm -hmm. and it's this thing of having money conversations Love that. Early on. Because I feel like, I don't know if it's if it's our culture or maybe it's my family, but money was never talked about. It was almost a taboo. Yeah. It was almost, yeah, you don't know how much you get paid or you ask for something or it's, or oh, we don't have. But you're not told why we don't have money for something, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's, yes. it's starting early, and I've started with my kids as well. It's starting early to say, okay, if my kids, if we don't have, my kids need to understand why. So I try and include them in the household budget, right? And through that, I'm hoping through sharing my immediate family and my kids, I'll be able to impact you know, my immediate family and ultimately impact my friends who would then impact other people. Because if we can have these money conversations, even at work, you know, um, someone put up a video, why is it that companies are so uh, shy to talk about salaries and they don't want employees to talk about salaries? Why is that? Why is it a taboo? And it's almost a secrecy that perpetuates the lack, the financial lack, I believe, because people are not openly talking about how are you making money? Yeah. If you see a rich uncle, are I use, you I use going to that rich uncle or auntie and saying, hey, auntie, how are you making your money? And it's not in a disrespectful way to say how are you making money because it's it's almost saying, hey, I've seen you do it successfully. How can I do it? And yeah. I think for me, that's why I'm so um, active on, on social media and sharing my dividend income. Because other people don't know what is dividend income. They don't know that when a company, you know, financial performance performs well and this company is then able to return these returns to shareholders. People don't know that. Um, And I think I was fortunate to have worked in a bank and I've seen the back end and I've seen people's balance sheets, personal balance sheets. Mm. I've been fortunate in that sense to have been able to see how people have made money. And I'm then able to say, okay, this one did this, this one did this. And I'm then able to not copy, but make it more practical for me so that I'm then able to do it. And I think it starts with sharing knowledge and being open about finances. You don't have to go into the intricacies of how much you earn and all those things, but to say, this is how I'm using my money, Uh, you can do it too.
0: Yeah, love that. I love the sharing of of the knowledge and I think it's something that you do, uh, you know, having followed you for quite some time, it's something I can definitely attest to and and witness to. And and thank you for being uh, so impactful and thank you for being that person and may you continue on that trajectory, the exponential trajectory that you're on already. Um, and Esther, we've we've come to the end of our of our little discussion. I want to thank you so much for coming on to the Impact Code podcast. I, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly have. I found it insightful. Um, and I want to thank you once again uh, for sharing your knowledge with us, sharing some pearls of wisdom, no doubt, which will help any listener who will be listening to this. So thanks so much and I uh, hope you've enjoyed it
1: no I have thank you so much for having me I've really enjoyed the discussion and if it helps just one person then I've made an impact and that's good enough for me
0: yeah it, it definitely will help more than one I'm sure <laughs> but absolutely you're right you're right and, and to you the listener uh, we want to thank you from Esther and myself we want to thank you for listening to the Impact Code Podcast episode 41 we want to thank you for being a part of the journey and we wish you good health We wish you all the best. Until we meet again in the next episode from Esther and myself, we want to say thank you very much and goodbye.